Today, we look at the importance of Matthew Barzal and what a bounce-back season from him would mean for the Islanders. And we check in with the Islanders' top two prospects, Atu Ratte and William DeFore, and what we can expect from them in training camp this year. All that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could join us today and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We have got a lot to discuss on today's show, but first, if you've got something Islanders-related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a topic you'd like us to talk about on the show, feel free to send us an email. The email address, as always, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com, and if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. We, you could also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, NYRVSNYI. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings now that rookie camp is underway, training camp starting this week, and we will have it all covered for you throughout the preseason right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. And don't forget, we are now back on our regular five-day-a-week schedule. So every Monday through Friday, we will have a new podcast for you right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast with all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. So one key by far for the Islanders this year is going to be whether or not Matthew Barzal can have a bounce-back season. And this clearly seems to be on everybody's mind. Got an email from Frank uh, from North Patchog basically asking about that, and we'll talk a little bit about Frank's uh, question a little bit later on. But look, Matthew Barzal said it during the NHL uh, national media tour, and Lane Lambert said it in his opening press conference when the rookies reported. Uh, here's what Lane Lambert had to say. Uh, in order for him to help us, he's going to have to be that dynamic guy. The guy who's pushing the pace and using his teammates and making his teammates better around him. And Barzi added this when he was talking to NHL.com last week. I feel like I always put that pressure on myself regardless. 
I feel like in order for us to be good, I have to be among the top players in the league. I feel like I just didn't do it consistently enough last year. I feel like there were certain things that just didn't go right and just didn't feel great about it. And, you know, part of the problem was that throughout the season, Matthew Barzal never really had steady line mates. And, you know, it all goes back even as far as when Anders Lee was injured back in March of 2021. They tried Kyle Palmieri after the trade deadline to fill in on the top line. That didn't really work. Then they went to Leo Komarov, and Uncle Leo, you know, he's a good role player, but does he belong on the top line? No, that didn't really work out. Last year, at different times, you had Lee, Bailey, Josh Bailey, Oliver Wallstrom, and Zach Parise playing with him. And... It just created a lack of cohesion and a lack of chemistry because the Islanders just couldn't find that player who was going to help bring out the best of Matthew Barzal and who Matthew Barzal was going to help bring out the best in and take their game to another level. And, you know, I've talked on the show last week how I think Anthony Bavillier might be a good match. He's one of the few players on this roster with the speed to stay with Matthew Barzal and maybe create something with his speed and with Barzi's speed that could benefit the team. And now getting back to Frank from North Patchogue, you know, he said he'd like to see Bevilier on a line with Barzal that would be a speedy line, and I would like to see Wallstrom on a line with Barzal also. That could get Wallstrom going, and hopefully Barzal too. Ideally, you put that trio together, and you have got a line with two speedy players and a guy who can finish. Now, Wallstrom is not that great a skater. He would have trouble keeping up with the other two as far as speed and, and skating ability goes. But if you get Wallstrom in the dirty areas, if you get Wallstrom, let's say, from the face-off circles down closer to the goal and help him find creases in the defense where he can get off his shot, which is quick and heavy and hard, that could be great because Barzal is more of a setup guy. Bavillier is more of a speed and setup guy. And if you get those three working well together, that could give some chemistry, some scoring ability, some speed, some setup ability to a dynamic line. The problem, or the obstacle, none of these three have worked together as a unit before and had it go well consistently. And that you're asking for three players who all disappointed last year to have bounce back seasons and reach closer to their ultimate potential. Can that happen? Yes. But will all three of them have that bounce back season? Now, Lane Lambert taking over as coach, no more Barry Trotz, and maybe the slight differences for Lane Lambert as far as 
the way he's going to approach the game, the way he's going to put players together and have them go out and maybe be a little bit more dynamic offensively. Probably not a lot, but maybe more offensive-minded, certainly, than Trotz was. Maybe that freedom that we may see is enough for this trio to mesh and, and find their games. Maybe the desperation, because we know Matthew Barzal is entering his contract year and that there is a certain amount of pressure on Barzi to get the job done. Uh, maybe that pushes them. Maybe the fact that Bavillier was a part of so many different trade rumors over the offseason that the Islanders know that at $4.1 million, Bo has to give them more. And maybe that Wallstrom realizes that his chances of making himself a full-time first or second line, full-time top six forward for this team are going to start to run out if he doesn't do it this season. You know, maybe that desperation, maybe the fact that, you know, necessity is the mother of invention, as they say, that helps this trio get the job done. But to me, that trio is something worth trying in the preseason, in training camp, to see what kind of chemistry these three players can develop together because on paper the elements are there for them to be a solid first or second line for this team but they have to go out and prove it and you know part of the problem last year for Barzi and there were many problems but part of the problem was you know they did not put together a, a solid trio with him where he was able to develop the chemistry he wanted. Hopefully this year they're able to do it. And to me, Bavillier, Barzal, and Wallstrom is a good starting point to try first. And if, look, if, if, if the trio doesn't work out, you, you go elsewhere. There are other alternatives out there. But Frank from North Patchogue, I agree with you. That's a good trio to start with. The Pieces would be there, and then they just have to go out and get the job done. We have got more to discuss on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We will talk about Atu Rate and William DeFore, the top two rated prospects in the Islanders organization. What do we expect from them in training camp, and what are their chances of actually making the roster this year? We'll talk about that and a whole lot more coming up on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's early season games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. And hey, preseason hockey is a week away. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. So the Islanders' top two prospects, and we've mentioned this throughout the offseason as to who those top prospects are, Atu Rate, and Willem Dufour, those are the top two. 
And I guess the question becomes, you know, when does that top two make the move to the big club? And, you know, both of these guys are coming in with different situations. Dufour, MVP of the Quebec Junior League, led his team to a Memorial Cup, won gold medal at the World Juniors. He is coming off a sensational season where he went from a guy who probably was not expected to ever make an NHL roster or maybe just be one of those fringe call-up guys uh, to, to becoming one of the top prospects in the Islanders organization. At 6'2", almost 200 pounds, he's only 20 years old, you know that the Islanders are not expecting William Dufour to make the big club this year. But I think for Dufour, what he has to do in training camp is make it extremely difficult for Lane Lambert and Lou Lamorello to send him down. And he has to leave that lasting impression on them that he can get the job done and he can be an asset to this team sooner rather than later. It would be shocking to me if at 20, Dufour makes this team. But he could show himself to be a guy they could call up if injuries, or I should say when injuries hit, because they always do, that, you know, hey, you need someone, I'm ready. You can call me up. You get the feeling he starts the season in Bridgeport, but overall, Dufour, the one thing he needs to work on more than anything else is his skating. He's got the shot. It's a heavy shot. It's a good shot. He's not afraid to use that shot. But even at the World Juniors, he was on Canada's third line primarily because his skating ability isn't up to par with the top six on Canada's uh, roster at the World Juniors this summer. And if it's not up to par with the top six at the World Juniors, when you get to the NHL and you're playing against adults, that difference can be even more pronounced. So Dufour, the one thing he needs to work on is his skating. It will be fascinating to watch him during preseason and see what he can get done against other NHL hopefuls and NHL players uh, in preseason contests and in training camp. As for Aturate, 6'2", about 175 pounds, came over late last year from Finland, played the final two regular season games in the AHL, played in the AHL playoffs where the Bridgeport Islanders won a round for the first time in far too long. And you know, gave a good fight in the second round, and, and Rate had some great performances, including an overtime game winner for Bridgeport, which was fantastic. And to see Rate take that next step forward would be great. Now, one thing he's going to have to do, Rate has played against adults in Finland. He played pretty well in his limited time with Bridgeport last year. But look, 6'2", $1.75, you got to put a little more muscle on that frame. You have to grow into that and mature physically and put some muscle on because it is one thing to play 
against other teams, uh, teenagers and young professionals, and it's a whole different thing to go up against defensemen who are six foot two, six foot three, two twenty-five, and who have the strength to dominate you when you're battling for position in front of the goal. Rate also needs to work a little bit more on his face-offs, and he's going to have to really show that he's ready to take the next step. Again, a very strong training camp and preseason could, in my mind, propel Aturate to a situation where it's tough for the Islanders to send him back down. But I think overall, having him spend most of or at least part of this season in Bridgeport, get more comfortable at the North American game, adapt to it, adapt to living in North America, getting used to his teammates, all of those factors, I think it makes more sense to have him start the season in Bridgeport. And again, it is up to Rate to make it difficult for the Islanders to send him back down and to make his good first impression so that when and if they need a center, the first guy they think of is Rate and they can call him up. So we'll see what happens and we'll keep an eye on those two players throughout training camp and the preseason. And by the way, uh, 29 of the 32 teams in the NHL over this past weekend participated in rookie tournaments. One of the three that did not, the New York Islanders, I would have liked to have seen the Islanders do something in that realm where they get their prospects and their rookies to compete against the rookies from other teams. Kind of disappointed that Lou Lamorello didn't. Also wanted to mention briefly uh, Zdeno Chara. His agent basically saying that he expects Big Z to make a decision this week as to whether or not he wants to play this season. He is still unsigned. He is not in the Islanders' plans, according to what Lou Lamorello has said. But we will supposedly hear from Chara whether he's retiring or whether he wants to play this year. One rumor I heard that the Bruins may be interested in bringing uh, Zdeno Chara back. But again, uh, we don't know if he's going to play or not, but we will find out pretty soon. Great news also, Islanders' first preseason game coming up uh, in exactly one week as they visit the New York Rangers on September the 26th. We have got more to get to on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. The Islanders' first ever captain is our Islanders' birthday of the day. We've got that and a whole lot more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and today is the 82nd birthday of former Islanders winger and the first captain in Islanders history, Ed Westfall. Westfall, a native of Belleville, Ontario, uh, made his NHL debut back in 1961-62 with the Boston Bruins back in the days of the original six. Won two Stanley Cups with the Bruins in 1970 and 1972, primarily as a bottom six forward and penalty-killing specialist. He and Derek Sanderson were among the best penalty killers in the league. And he was a selection by the Islanders in the expansion draft to give them a experience because he was basically 32 at the time and B 
to give them a little bit of a winning pedigree because he had won two Stanley Cups in the last three years. And that's what Westfall did. He helped stabilize what was it, a vastly undermined team the first couple of years of the Islanders' existence, especially year one in 72-73. Gave them leadership, gave them experience, gave them uh, support. And then when the Islanders started to get good under Al Arbor in 74-75, Westfall, when they made the playoffs, gave them the stability that they needed. He had a big goal in Game 7. Uh, against the Pittsburgh Penguins when the Islanders became only the second team in NHL history to overcome a 3-0 deficit in a best-of-seven series and win it. Scored the game-winning goal in Game 7. Had back-to-back 20-goal seasons for the Isles in 74-75 and 75-76. And in that first 1975 playoff run, 10 assists, 15 points in 17 playoff games, Ed Westfall was uh, an unbelievably vital part of the team's success. Stepped down as captain in 1977. First, Clark Gillies took it over. Then it went eventually to Dennis Potvin, who proved to be the right man for the job. We're going to look at one of the better games Ed Westfall had as an Islander. February 22nd, 1975, at the Montreal Forum. Billy Smith, the goalie for the Islanders, Michelle Bunny Larocque, the goalie for the Canadiens, and so many Hall of Famers in this game. Islanders get on the board first. It's Ed Westfall, his 12th, from J.P. Parise and Drew Drouin at 4.09. Islanders up 1-0. And you got to remember, during the 70s, the Canadiens did not lose often in Montreal. Andre St. Laurent made it 2-0 Islanders at the 14-34 mark of the first period. Bobby Nystrom, the only assist, the eighth goal of the year for St. Laurent. 2-0 Isles after one. But in the third period, it was the Canadiens bouncing back on the power play. Serge Savard scoring twice, his 14th from Jacques Lemaire, 23 seconds in, and then his 15th from Guy Lapointe and Jacques Lemaire, at 110, and just like that, in a span of 47 seconds, the Islanders' 2-0 lead is gone. But Ed Westfall answers. A minute 42 later, gives the Islanders back the lead. His second of the game, 13th of the year. Jude Drouin with the only assist. Then Clark Gillies makes it 4-2 Islanders. His 16th from Dave Fortier, and it looks like the Islanders are in control. Not so fast. The Canadiens get back on the power play, and they make the Islanders pay. Dave Lewis off for tripping. Murray Wilson is 18th from Yvonne Cornwaye and Serge Savard at 13:37. Then Cornwaye, his 26th from Jacques Lemaire and Yvonne Lambert at 17:29. We are all even at four apiece after the second period. In the third, Clark Gillies is 17th. From Bob Bourne and Burt Marshall at 2.15, puts the Isles ahead. Then, our Islanders' birthday of the day, Ed Westfall, completes the hat trick. His 14th of the year from Jude Drouin at 4.46, Isles up by two. But, just 26 seconds after the Westfall goal, Bob Ganey, his 12th, from Jacques Lemire and Yvonne Cornwaye, that cuts the Islanders' lead to one. And then Guy Lapointe, his 23rd, from Doug Risebrow and Bunny LaRock, at 7.09. But the Islanders get the game winner with 5.25 left in the third period. 
Bobby, uh, Billy McMillan, his 11th, from Andre St. Laurent and Gary Howitt. The Islanders upset the Canadians 7-6, 25 saves for Billy Smith in the victory. But for our Islanders' birthday of the day, Eddie Westfall, three goals, he was a plus three. He had five shots on goal, which did lead the team. And Eddie Westfall with his first hat trick as a New York Islander. So happy 82nd birthday to the Islanders. First captain, a class act. I did get to interview him for my book, Ice Wars. Very nice guy, great storyteller. Ed Westfall is our Islanders' birthday of the day. We will be back tomorrow to discuss more things New York Islanders. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world with Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. That does it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.